morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Mario, also known as the Node Defender, is joining us. And I'm going to give a shout out to the live chat once again, because we got a bunch of questions for you guys as well. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how there are some deep connections between Ripple and United States companies, as Bank of America was recently cited on the latest presentation given by the company. We're also going to talk about how companies are starting to talk about XRP and how it can be leveraged as a currency today. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing you the benefits of these companies starting to leverage tokenization. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Johnny Crypto, we got a bunch of great news prepared for today. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? And thanks for being here. Abs, I'm feeling great as always. I love it. And apparently everybody else loved yesterday's show too. But uh, it's great to see our friend Mario here. And like I always say, good morning to all the War Maniacs out there. We love you and appreciate you for showing up every single day. And boy, it is getting exciting. In this crypto space, man, I can't wait to see what today's show brings. Mario, we're excited to have you as well, my friend. Nice Merlin shirt, and how you feeling? I'm feeling amazing, Abs. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, Abs. Uh, the chat's going crazy about something that happened yesterday. I missed it. I have no idea. Uh, I'll admit I'm a little bit curious. So if you guys want to share, please do. If not, then I'll go just have to go watch yesterday's episode, I guess. But sending everybody love, and let's have an amazing show. Absolutely, guys. That's a little incentive out there. Go and rewatch yesterday's episode if you're interested. But we already got 127 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we look at some of our daily movers today, we got Solana up 7%, AVAX up 4%, Chainlink up 2%, XLM up about 1%. We've also got Wrapped Ethereum down about 6% on the day. When we check out our Merlin market update this morning, we are sitting at 1.43 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 52% dominant. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 37,800 this morning. Fairly bullish, Johnny Crypto. And it's interesting that we're holding these ranges. I actually want to give a shout out to our friend Gary Cardone, who's going to be joining the show this Friday. He had a video yesterday talking about how he's going to be purchasing 100 Bitcoin at $33,000. That's a lot, oh, a lot of Bitcoin, my friend. Very interesting, yeah. Ethereum is also trading at $2,000. XRP is 61 Solana $60, and ADA trading at $38,000. Yeah, I think, Abs, I think we would have to start showing some of them gaming tokens. I hear they've been on fire lately. Hmm. I'm not sure yet, my friend, because we actually had a pullback in some of our favorites. We've been watching Playable. We've been watching Mira. Mira's been very exciting, and I want to give Johnny Crypto a shout-out. I believe you found this token a couple of years ago, so we were able to grab a couple of these. Guys, we're not associated with any of these. We don't make any money Look from Mira or anything boy. like that. But, yeah. yeah, Johnny, floor is yours if you want to talk about it. Yeah, click the one-year chart. I, I got to give shout-out to to uh, to what's this, to, to, to NFT. Look at that thing. I got to give a shout-out to NFT Tones because he brought that one up. Myra, he brought up Playable. Um uh, as well as uh, there were a few other ones there, but yeah, these the game. Don't forget our second. favorite Gala and Gala, of course. Gala, uh, Gala. and that's a sleeper pick, right? Because it's a bigger play, it's going to take more liquidity. But if you look at what they're building, some of the companies they're partnered with, 
There was even some Snoop Dogg Association last year. So that's yeah. another one I'm excited for. And this one here, Myra, has a game out called Nexus. Uh, uh, sorry, no, that's Playable. Playable has a game out called Nexus, their first game. And it's actually doing pretty well on the on the Epic website. So gaming, you know, something just – we I know we don't talk much about gaming. I just thought it's worth mentioning since we're in a little mini bull run here. And some of these gaming coins have pumped a little bit. So I, I don't know if I would jump in just yet. But nonetheless, Abs – I certainly think gaming is an exciting place for the for the for Web 3.0 and in the coming years, and I really think some multimillionaires can be made from that. So, yeah, guys, keep keep an eye out on that gaming sector. It is very very exciting. Definitely, guys, and always have an exit plan. We already got 171 live oh, yeah. listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button, please. And we're going to talk about a lot today. We're going to talk about the connections that Chris Larson has to U.S. government members today. We're also going to talk about HSBC and Ripple and their future tokenization projects. But Mario, this is what caught my attention this morning as an October presentation given by Ripple showed that they have over 500 partners in growing currently and Bank of America still remains on this list. So that's something we're going to be breaking down later in the episode. But do you have any comments before we get into all this? Yeah, 500 and growing. That's an exciting number. The one thing we did see while the whole lawsuit was happening was that they continued to expand. They continued to acquire new partnerships. It was sad that those partnerships were being acquired outside of the United States. But now that that gorilla is off their back, they only have a, a little tiny teacup monkey. Uh, hopefully, they can, hopefully, they can start to acquire some of these United States partnerships. And it's good to see Bank of America still on there. I think that was a video at some point or a statement from somebody from Bank of America saying, we're just waiting for this to clear up and we're going to go all in all in on XRPL or Ripple, I should say. We're going to go all in on Ripple as soon as this stuff clears up. So I think that's exciting. And as we go into uh, a friendlier crypto space, which it is going to happen eventually, uh, I'm excited to see the, the news that will come out from it. And I think a lot, a lot of people, the first thing they're going to ask is, how does this impact XRP, right? And that's what we're going to be breaking down throughout today's episode. As the first thing I thought when I saw Bank of America on this list is how long until these companies start using XRP. And these are the videos that we're going to go through today. We already got 191 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And today we're going to figure out exactly banks plan to leverage XRP to benefit themselves and how that is going to help many of our listeners as well. Here we go. What we, you know, what you do is you you pay for payments in your local currency that is used to buy XRP in the middle, and XRP is liquidated into the beneficiary currency. Again, no, there, you know, at no point is this market off limits. It doesn't matter that your bank is shut over the weekends. You can make you can make cross border payments at any time between almost any currency. And, uh, and you do that through the network. So three seconds for a cross-border payment because of a concept that's called atomic settlement, your, your payment will either pass in full or fail in full. So we don't have the same failure rate. And because of these efficiencies, the cost is dramatically lower as well. You're not going through intermediary after intermediary who will all take a cut. You're just so Johnny Crypto, if I could summarize this clip in one sentence, it would be cheaper, faster, better. Just like they talk about in Hey, Coke. where have you heard that before? <laughs> Only from the smartest guy I know, my friend. And this is exactly why we talk about this stuff every single day. Because a lot of the conversations that our listeners don't get exposure to are the ones that really matter. And this is a primary example of them talking about a product like XRP. It's not about making gains for retail investors. It's about giving the banks an opportunity to never shut down. 
have flawless transaction rates, and have complete transparency of transactions. That's a banker's dream. The Rothschilds, they're jumping up and down right now, Johnny Crypto, but what's your reaction? Well, I'm not so sure they are. I mean, take, that's, there's a lot of fees involved there that they're making a lot of money off of that they have to figure out how to keep up. But I just want to say, Mario, remember, the little monkeys are a little more pain in the ass than the big gorilla that's on your back. You know, you know, kind of know he's there, but the little guy gets in your shirt and he's all around. He's hard to get out. So I got to be Gary Gensler. I'm not sure which monkey I'd rather want to have on my back, but it is kind of good to know that 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 you know that XRP or Ripple at least has most of you know the, the big monkey off their back. But uh, you know the the big thing here, Abs, is the key of like you said, cheaper, better solutions, and you know much much faster uh, resolution times within seconds rather than. In fact, I don't know if you saw if you remember this. We had it on the show a few days ago. We brought up a list of companies that are testing and using technologies. And a lot of them, unfortunately, like J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs using private ones. But there was a few banks that were using public ones, and they mentioned Stellar. And one of the biggest benefits they mentioned is they went from completions of transactions, and it was amazing. It went from a 55 days to 30 seconds. So we're talking about significant, major, major improvements in this, this, this space that's coming because of these technology solutions. And that's why these things are going to be here to stay. It's just a matter of which ones are going to win, which ones are going to plant themselves. And again, I don't think there's going to be any one ring to rule them all. It'll be a bunch of different ones. Uh, and I think XRP is going to be one of those that's going to have a place to play in the future. Well, Mario, for a long time, the speculation about Ripple has been they're duping investors. What are they doing? They're slowly dumping the token over time. They've got total control of the escrow and a lot of their products are compatible with other cryptocurrencies. That's why illustrations like this are so important because all that fear, all that uncertainty, and all that doubt, it's it becomes irrelevant when you show them the facts. Ripple is the best product that can be leveraged here. XRP is built for RippleNet. It is built for Ripple payments, and this is a primary example of that. So they're not going to defer to something that's slower, not as quick, and more costly, such as Ethereum or even Bitcoin. They're going to they're going to rely on better technologies. I think this is a great example. What sticks out to you, my friend? Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that the XRPL and the XRP community probably has one of the most one of the most uh, has the most speculation. And I mean, it doesn't surprise me because the technology is amazing. What they're trying to tackle is also, uh, you know, groundbreaking. The fact that you can transact faster, better, and cheaper. That alone is something to to speculate on. Not to mention the the partnerships that they have and, and all the different connections that Ripple has. So I can understand the speculation. Um, I think it's exciting. Some of the stuff that she that was mentioned about transacting over the weekend. I mean, it's inconceivable that in 2023, almost 2024 now, we have to wait until it's a weekday to be able to get money from account A to account B. I actually needed to get money from one of my accounts to another account and I needed it to be there by Monday. And I only remembered this or realized it on Saturday and I had to wait until Tuesday until yesterday for the money to be there. So I think 2024, we really need payments to catch up to the rest of the technology. We're doing this right now. We're doing this, this live. Everybody's watching, everybody's commenting. We're able to interact with each other, but yet we can't finance is not up to speed with the rest of technology. And I think that it's time that changes and hopefully this is a step in that direction. 
And guys, we got 274 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And today's episode is extra exciting, Johnny Crypto. And I'm excited to get your take on this because I found an older article. And this article was titled, The Ripple Mafia, The Deep Connections Between Ripple and the United States Government. Now, why is this so important? Immediately, it caught my attention for one reason. It pointed out the fact that Ripple is older than Bitcoin. Nobody addresses that issue. Uh Everyone talks about how Bitcoin is the original cryptocurrency. It's the original decentralized idea. Articles like these actually prove that to be false, Johnny, because Ripple was originally OpenCoin, launched in 2004. Now, there was no Satoshi, right? There's no gift from God here with XRP. We clearly know who developed it, and we clearly know who launched the product. But look at some of the names that we're going to draw connections to throughout this episode as Bill Clinton, former president Donald Trump, Peter Thiel, and powerful organizations like the IMF, Google, and Federal Reserve all have connections to the company Ripple. And I'm I'm sure many of our listeners are not going to be surprised by this information, but if I can just give them a brief rundown, we recently went through an article about how HSBC is going to be using tokenized assets and they're partnered with Medico, a Ripple subsidiary. Why is that no surprise to our listeners, Johnny? Because Chris Larson, the executive chairman of Ripple, is also HSBC's technol- on HSBC's technology advisory board, making these decisions and putting Ripple at the forefront presenting these ideas. So it's no surprise to me that we're seeing these connections. We've also got connections to Microsoft. I just threw a lot at you, but what's your opinion overall? I'll let you read that. It's not what you know, it's who you know. There you go. For anybody listening, driving in the car, that's what it's all about. I've been saying it for years. And and that's one of the reasons. When I invest, one of the things I look at as a checkbox is this quote right here. I look to see who the founders of the company are. I look to see what connections they have. Where have they been? Who do they know? Why? Because it freaking matters. It matters. And so... You know, when you hear those kind of people being on those kinds of agencies, you know, whether it's the IMF or the BIS or the federal government or all that, that's always going to bode well versus, you know, other companies or other places or other startups that are starting up that have no connections. It's much, much harder to get started. So for me, that's one of my checkboxes. And I, that's one of the reasons why I absolutely loved um Ripple the company when I invested in it through the pre-IPO and also XRP the technology because of all the people, all the connections, and they're going to be able to, to, to make and spread the word and get it out there. Because at the end of the day, all this is is a race to adoption. And and the reality is when you think about the race to the adoption, one of the factors is getting the technology out there, getting people to try it, and that all starts with relationships. So, so important. Huge news. And again, another reason why I'm super excited for Ripple and XRP. Well, Mario, just showing how deep these connections go. David Schwartz, somebody that everyone in the XRP community knows, has some shocking connections here, guys. And one of these I wasn't aware of. So David Schwartz, who is a leader at Ripple, the chief technology advisor, he used to be a board member before he gave up his spot to Ken Kirsten. Well, David has previously worked for CNN and the NSA on multiple occasions. And I think it just goes to show more deep connections to the uh, the community that really matters, the ones who we don't really know their name, Mario. So I guess it's a good thing for, for the XRP and Ripple community, but it's a bad thing when you think about where this whole movement might may end up, right? So I'm trying to mute myself here, but I think you get what I'm trying to what, what I'm trying to say. Floor is yours. Yeah, 100%. Abs. I, I've, I've said multiple times on the show that I feel like 
if Ripple is really going to be, or if XRP is really going to be the replacement of Swift, then there needs to be some doors that get opened. There needs to be some handshakes. There needs to be some people or actually the same people that are in that middle ground, they still need to continue to make money. And so they're not going to give up that power that easy. And I really believe that it, if there is going to be um, an XRP involvement with Swift, I really think that it's going to be more of a uh, combination. So both Swift and XRP will be working together to some extent. But as far as a complete replacement, I, I don't think that that's going to happen unless, like I said, the right the right people get 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 open the door and and the right handshakes happen. So we'll see we'll see what happens. But I nonetheless I think that what Ripple is creating around the XRPL is exciting, and um, there's a lot of potential for the technology, and there's a lot of potential for people that invested in XRP. And Ripple has said it time and time again, and again, of course, they just said it. Nothing nothing can really uh we can't really say that they're going to do it for sure but ripple has said it time and time again that they plan on continuing to develop products that use the uh xrpl or that use the underlying asset of the xrpl which is xrp hey abs let me chime in here a great question came up tony made a comment and everybody in the in the chat is correcting him he says when you buy xrp you're buying into ripple uh oh, where did that go you're buying into ripple a quality firm that means warren buffett's own philosophy I think what Tony's trying to say here is, you know, you're buying a, a, a technology that was created by a good company because everybody rightfully in the chat is quick to correct Tony. So if you're listening in the car, um, when, when they said that when you buy XRP, you don't own Ripple, that is a correct statement. Uh, so for anybody new who's listening, if you buy XRP, this is the difference between cryptocurrencies and stocks. And this is why we need regulation. When you buy a stock, you own a share in the company. Okay, so it's very easy to think that when you buy the cryptocurrency, you want to share in the company. You don't. That's the difference. And so, and I'm sure you know most people know that. But if you don't know, yes, when you buy XRP, you are not buying into Ripple, the company. You may be buying a product, or you may want to say you're buying a quality, a product from a quality company. That's a fair statement. But you're not buying into the company. You own nothing of the company. Company owes you nothing of the profits that it makes. They are completely separate things. So I just want to make sure. Yeah, for anybody new there, you understand that when you buy a company, you are not buying. When you buy a crypto, you are not buying the company. And let me make another point here, Johnny. I think what's interesting is where this is why cryptos may be considered securities. And I obviously don't think that's the case, but here's the whole argument. As you can tell through Ripple's illustration that we're showing, Johnny, if XRP is used as an intermediary, that's going to create utility for the asset. It's going to create use cases, and it's also going to increase demand. So with what that tells me is, if Ripple continues to expand, the value of XRP will continue to increase. And I think that's where people get a little bit confused is that if RippleNet's product is used everywhere and XRP is the intermediary, of course, it's going to increase in yeah. price. That's why we cover the news. Yeah. But you don't own ownership in Ripple. You own a part of the product that they use. Yeah, this is where it gets tricky, right? You're right, Abs. This is the gray line era where it's like, hey, I have a product. I have Ripple ODL or whatever they call it, the payment system. And if I'm Ripple, the company, and I'm pushing that product, because I'm going to make money on the product, but the product runs off XRP and XRP may benefit. It kind of has this weird connotation of, oh, hey, if this is appreciating, then it's benefiting the company. But they're two separate things. There, there's definitely a, a very gray area there, which makes it very tricky. But you know, but at the end of the day, it's just how it works, and therefore that's why it's so important to 
to to ensure the companies that are, are that have created these technologies are actually out there pushing it and trying to get adoption for them. Otherwise, they just sit there and they wait for the community to pick them up. The community has to pick it up and take it and go, which was one of the things actually we heard Stellar talk about. I forgot which company it was, but they just basically- Franklin took, Templeton. Yes, thank you. Franklin Templeton just came in and scooped up their, their technology. So we're going to use it, right? That's another way of this stuff getting adopted. But it's much better if the companies are out there you know, pushing the technology as well as pulling as getting pulled in from companies. But man, when a technology gets pulled in, that says a lot about a technology. So there's obviously something there for XLM. And Mario, I'm excited to get your thoughts as well. But this is a video that really caught my attention this morning. This Antonio as this Banderas, it actually looks like Antonio Banderas. I have no idea who it that does. is, my friend. But this guy is the CEO of Medico. And what's so interesting about this, Johnny, is I don't like where this is taking us, right? This is a Ripple company, but what are they talking about within this video? The centralization of the crypto market through corporations. And that's what I'm going to play and show our listeners right uh, that's now. That's where we're going, my friend. But anyway, got, let's hear it. Oh, I love when you keep talking. We got 350 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and get ready for this video. Mario, kicking it straight to you. The concentration of assets under custody in banking. We believe, uh, and I think it's, gonna, it's materializing right now, that um, this wide distribution that we have seen historically of digital assets being allocated across thousands and thousands of companies and millions of individuals uh, will end up being statistically a lot allocated with a few large banking institutions. So you heard it yourself, Mario. What did he say? We're going to go from millions of users having self-custody to just a couple companies owning the majority of crypto. What do you take away from that statement? This is CEO of Medico, subsidiary of Ripple. Yeah, I think I, I, I think that that's, that's what the future holds, essentially. I, I, I still think that the majority of people are more inclined towards having somebody custody wherever, whatever it might be, their money or their crypto assets or other assets, as opposed to doing self-custody. Unless self-custody really becomes this really easy seamless process which unfortunately it, it still isn't it's still very complicated to set up a wallet to have the recovery phase and then the backup of that recovery phase and the safety of that recovery phase so there's still a lot of downside to uh you know self-custody and people who are less technological may may have difficulties so for that reason i still feel like you know coinbase with its solutions and and medico as well on on the enterprise level i still think that they're going <laughs> to that's exactly who i thought of <laughs> and also zoro didn't he didn't he play zoro at some point yeah. uh, johnny yeah, zoro he played zoro he was <laughs> in a movie with sylvester stallone he antonio Banderas yeah. is a very famous actor i'm surprised abs doesn't know who he is but abs was probably in diapers when when he made those all the movies but yeah he did uh you're right he was zoro <laughs> back to the crypto yeah. content Back to the crypto content because Antonio Bandera is not relevant in my opinion because I don't even know his name, guys. I'm sorry. I apologize. But here's the thing. We're talking about XRP and Johnny. I'm making a very, very, very important point. Let me just switch my mic settings real quick so that we don't get any. The point that I was trying to make is we see it with Bitcoin. We see it with Ethereum. And now we're seeing it with XRP. People are celebrating the expansion of Ripple and Medico. But what are they doing? They're taking cryptocurrency and they're centralizing it. What is happening with a Bitcoin spot ETF? Everybody's celebrating the launch, the liquidity, the utility. But what's happening? BlackRock, uh, JP Morgan, a couple centralized companies are going out and purchasing the majority of the asset. And what's that doing? Creating a centralized environment. So although the price may go up slowly over time, I don't know. I, I'm not sure it's actually a positive for the industry. And I want to hear your opinion. What do you think, Johnny? 
Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what's happening is the industry is there's two ways to allow this to go. Let it stay decentralized and uncontrollable or let everybody think it's decentralized and make it centralized. And that's what you're seeing is going to happen. There's no question about it. The majority of the stuff, you know, if you look at it today and we had the Brad video yesterday, which is great. I love the reaction still. And that was a few years ago. So I don't know if it's the same companies, but he was talking about. Two miners, I think, yeah, two miners had 51% of the, of the, uh, of, of the mining capability. So there you go. It's centralized practically, right? Almost all of these, you can argue that with just a few, if you look at the companies that own some of this stuff, you can put two or three together and yeah, exactly. Mr. Duck is correct here. Decentralized is really becoming a false narrative because why this stuff is decentralized if some entity owns a bunch of the decentralized nodes or networks, it becomes centralized. And that's really what you're seeing happening. And Bitcoin ETF may also further uh, centralize it. The reality is it's either that or they're going to fight it until they kill it. So instead, they're going to fight it and they're going to win. But the win is going to be a compromise of the decentralization and the, and the crypto gets to stay. But it's going to be a centralized, more of a a more of a centralized entity than a decentralized entity. And I think that's, you know, whenever you're talking negotiation, Rabs, you always say two sides talk to each other. And a good deal is usually when both sides walk away and nobody's happy. That's literally what's going to probably happen here with crypto is nobody's going to be happy, but it's going to be alive and it's going to be something. There's going to be a shit ton of people. that are going to make a shit ton of money uh, by investing and staying in it. And I think that's just where we're headed. I don't think there's any way you can stop it. Here's what's pretty shocking, Johnny Crypto. I found these statistics from this morning. What are the top five cryptocurrencies dating back to about 2017? Here's some shocking info, guys. Bitcoin was $6,400 at the time. Or this is five years ago, so it'd be 2018, okay? $6,400 Bitcoin, $210 Ethereum, 50 cent XRP. And I'm just going to focus on those top three for the time being. That means from in the last five years to where we are today, Bitcoin is up over 500%. Ethereum's up over 1,000%. But XRP is up over 22%. Wow. So as an XRP supporter and a longtime holder, I think this is a visual of the PTSD that I have. And so <laughs> what, I'm trying, <laughs> what I was trying to explain here is it, I, I, this is how I tried to put a positive spin on it. Sorry for getting caught up in my words. It's an emotional topic for me. I said the longer the space, longer the base, the higher in space. And could that be a good representation of what we're seeing here with XRP? We continue to draw these connections, and I'm going to reiterate the news that we found out earlier this morning. Ripple gave a presentation this October showing that they have 500 partners and growing globally. SBI Remit, SAB are on here. We got Tranglo, we got Novanti, but Bank of America is what really stuck out to me. Even in 2023, after the, after the lawsuit, after the bear market, Bank of America is still connected to Ripple, and I found that to be very exciting. But Johnny... Yeah. What do you think is really going on here? Bitcoin over 500%, Ethereum over 1,000, XRP 22% in five years. Yeah, I think you hit on a very key frustration that almost every single XRP owner, holder has. And you, you nailed it. Everybody has that same frustration. Like, why is it XRP just doesn't move? Uh, in fact, I had a friend yesterday that was telling me he made a bet with a friend of his that they were going to check the price a year from now and see if XRP is any different because it just or, or whether it was going to be over a dollar. Because the reality is it's been a slow mover. It really hasn't done much. And when it does do something, it gives it up quickly. I mean, we saw it go to 90 cents. And, and I honestly 
So I knew it wouldn't go much higher. I always thought it'd be 80 or 90 cents, if you remember. But the one thing I thought would happen was that it would hold that higher level, and it didn't. It gave that back, too, and dropped all the way back down, you know, into the 50 to 60 cent range, Abs. And, and there is some frustration there. There's no question about it that people are wondering, why can't this coin with this many connections and this much potential with so many railroad solve solutions that has the only the only coin that has clarity and yet it can't even get out of its own way. That's a damn good question. The only thing I can think of is there is some major, major manipulation holding it back. I, I don't know what else it is, but I feel like I feel like in the next bullrun, this thing is primed to launch like a like a like a song bitch you've never seen launch before. And if it doesn't, it might be time to say, hey, I might have to, might have to move on and lighten the bags a bit and move on to something else um, because maybe it just isn't what everybody thought it could be or it doesn't catch on or whatever. But it is very frustrating to understand all the potential it has, and yet with all that potential, it's sitting at 50 cents. Crazy apps. Crazy to think about it. And, and to build – to build up on that, Johnny, like I was thinking as you were saying that, but so for the last three years, we've had a lawsuit. And so we could use that as an excuse. Okay. XRP didn't really move because it didn't have clarity. Investors weren't confident. Now we no longer have that. So we can't, we can't move forward into a bullish market and have XRP not move. I think that's out of the cards. Uh, so. But what if, if we do? If it right. What if, if it continues, right. If it continues not to move, it's gotta be manipulation. I, I can't think of anything else that would, stagnate the price. I can only think of uh, manipulation. But the other thing too is imagine all the people that have been sitting on the sidelines holding a bag of XRP and at the same time seeing Ethereum spike up and seeing uh, Gala go crazy and, and, and all these other different, even Dogecoin go crazy and Shiba Inu. Imagine those people sitting on a bag of XRP and seeing all these other projects. I am pretty sure that there's been a lot of people that gave up and were like, you know what? Let me get rid of this XRP. Let me get into something else. And it probably got rid of some weekends. Now, going into a bullish market, we have no excuses now. Like the partnerships are there. The utility is kicking in. There's still a lawsuit, but the clarity is there for XRP as an asset. So we really need to see XRP hold. And I think the people that have hanged, that's the uh, conclusion to, the, to this whole thing that I've been saying, the people that have held on and that still have their XRP deserve it because they've believed they probably missed out. I mean, I missed out on, on, on gains from other coins, but I think we all deserve to get a little compensation from, from uh, positive price action. Johnny, I'm going to kick it to you for some comments. Some yeah, immediate back, comments. Comment. Let me just say, we got 431 live listeners joining us. Thank you for being here. Show us some love and smash that like button today. We're talking about connections between the government and ripple, but we're also pointing out connections like this. And Johnny, this is very, very important because the visual it really hits a lot of our listeners. In the last five years, Bitcoin's done a 500% gain. Ethereum, 1,000%. XRP, it's only a 20% gain if you go five years to the day from where we are today. Now, why is that important? Because I took the approach, the longer the base, the higher in space. The longer we accumulate, the higher we go once we blast off and we break through these long-term resistances. And I think this is a great illustration of that. If we break all-time high with XRP, that's the word all-time high. We've never been there before, so there's no resistance at those levels. That's when the Fibonacci's come into the conversation, such as Kevin Cage references, 
Crypto Eddie references. You need to take profit and you need to have an exit plan. And I think this is a great illustration as to why, because when it moons, it's going to go up quickly, but it could also pull back quickly. And nobody knows the answer to those questions. That's why I think it's worthy talking about on our show. But Johnny, what do you think about this illustration right here? Do you think my opinion has any validity to it? The longer the base, the higher in space. Well, I know that's a very common cliche thing that people say out there. And and maybe there's some validity or not. But I think what does have validity to what you said was well, actually bring that chart back if you can. Abs. What does have validity is it, it, it is true that if we bust through the all-time highs, we are then what's called in discoverable territory, discovery price. We don't know what the prices are going to do, what it's going to look like, except for one thing. So there's something that's somewhat very reliable, and you, you might have heard about this, that, and you said this earlier, but I'll say it for our, our new folks here, the Fibonacci levels. So I, I encourage everybody, if you're going to play in this space, go watch a Fibonacci video. Go understand the 0. 0.618, the 168, the 268, all the way up to the 4.62 extensions. Understand those because abs those form a lot of time the foundation of my exit plans that I'm putting into Merlin. And so I know I may not hit all of them, but that's okay. But I need some guidance of where I think these are going to go. And that's why I use the Fibonacci's to do that. And then I put those into Merlin. And folks, you know, if you don't have Merlin, click on the link below. You get a free 30 days to try it. And you can start building your own exit plans so that the alerts are in there. So, so abs, when this thing takes off, you don't have to worry about, did I miss it? Like, like what happened with Mana and me? If it wasn't for Mario to send me a text and tell me, China, go look at Mana. Mana was at $5, abs. It took off like a skyrocket. And within 30 minutes, that thing dropped down $2. And I would have missed a huge profit if it wasn't for Mario. So, so important. Like you said, that that line you got, that line can be very quick, especially in a bull run. You need to you need to have a plan in place. Spot on, Johnny Crypto. And I think it's so valuable to have these conversations for that exact reason. The second we see a price like this, a $15, $10 XRP, not only are your friends going to be asking you where they can purchase the asset, people are going to be convincing you that this is going to go up forever. And that's why we're trying to put a little bit of water on that hopium fire, not to put it out completely but just so that we have reasonable expectations during a bull market. And hopefully that's one of the things that sets our community apart from other communities is that we're trying to teach you guys not to just have this hopium mindset, but instead take some profit, get ready for the next bear market and be ready to play with bigger numbers. Cause that's what I think everybody can do if they operate a successful exit plan. We got 452 yeah. live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And let's not forget the live chat in the question in today's live chat is this. Do you believe, uh, Bank of America will begin leveraging Ripple products in 2024. I'm very excited to hear the answer by the end of the show, but Johnny and Mario, I want to kick it to you. Mario, close us out here. Longer the base, the higher in space. What do you think of that? 100% abs. I mean, the chart's looking that way. And so and so is kind of the environment around XRP and the news around XRP. So again, it's it's so obvious that the part that gets me a, a little skeptical is the fact that it's so obvious. So, but I, I think that I think that it, you'd be you'd be a fool to not be exposed to it. I don't think it's you should be 100% into XRP. And again, I'm not a financial advisor, but you should have diversification. But to not be exposed to this asset, which right now is actually the only one with regulatory clarity in the United States, technically besides Bitcoin, even though it's not on paper, but. Um, I think, you know, you got to have it as, as part of your XRP portfolio or crypto portfolio. Sorry. 
Hey, Abs, I noticed when you put up those numbers there and you were showing the percentage gains like of Ethereum. I don't know if you still have that there, but you were showing your Ethereum gain and you were showing the Bitcoin gain. I noticed you left off anything, any any announcement of Cardano, but Cardano had like a six or seven hundred percent gain, too. Right. And so these all had big gains except ETH. And, and, I, and I want to address this comment by Motorbike Mike, because I think it's it's interesting. He says here. You know, it's not manipulation by anyone other than ourselves. There are 25,000 other coins to bet on, like cash and other new ones gaining armies. We're aging fast. And while there's some truth to the fact that he's right, you know, when you look back then, five years ago, there were not as many coins, right? So that same pool of money, which was a smaller pool, would flow into these things much easier because there's just less choices, right? By the way, there's not 25,000 coins out there, guys. There's 26,000 coins, and they're not all active. Only about 12,000 are actually active. Most of them are deactivated, so don't get fooled by that number. But it's still a big number of coins. But I'll say this to Motorbike Mike and, and anybody who has that same comment is that's not true because when you look at what's happening, you're seeing other things go up. You're seeing things like Solana pump, and you're seeing all these gaming coins pump. So money is going into those other spaces. And there is no reason why it shouldn't be going into XRP either. Again, other than for the fact that something somewhere feels like it's being manipulated because I, I can't understand why it's not getting a lift. And I'll point out something even more important, Johnny, is that we got to have a serious conversation about if better technologies are eventually going to win in this market or if it's mm. just going to be about the partnerships that happened five years ago. Interesting. You know what we're on the precipice of with Solana? Solana's about to pass XRP. Solana's yep. at $26 billion in total market cap. And I know XRP is still about $32 billion, but think about it this way. With the momentum, oh. it's crazy close. And we talk about how big Ripple is, all the partnerships with Ripple. And like we always say, Ripple is not XRP. Maybe that's a primary example of that. Am I right? Before we dive into all this information, what do you think of that, Johnny? Or yeah, Mark? I mean, you know, there's a valid point there for sure. I think when you look at it that way as to what is what is going on there, I mean, Solana is 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 the the narrative there is that it's poised to be the ethereum killer you know a much better uh technology smart contract solution and it has a big marketplace it already has a big nft marketplace so solana is a don't be surprised the next bull run or before then if solana takes takes over the lead on xrp i think it will um i don't think it's going to be a question of of if it's just a matter of when because of the big 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 um push behind it i mean solana was left for dead at eight bucks and they couldn't kill it it didn't die it survived and now it's all the way back up into the the 50 50s range abs it has a, a solution that people like it's it's one of the fastest blockchains out there i forgot the tps but it's over like fifty thousand. it's really fast so you're going to see things like that survive and take the lead and money's gonna go there um so you're right. There will be, and, not, and I'm not saying Solana is obsoleting XRP, but I think to your point of will you know Solana may obsolete Ethereum, and yes, there could be something that comes along the way, maybe. And and uh, and not everything's about banks, guys. Not everything's about the banks. Let's not get confused here. Some of these technologies solve banking problems. Some solve gaming problems. Some solve data problems. Some solve interoperability problems. Don't think just because a bank isn't using it that it doesn't have value that if you're thinking that way, then you're not thinking about the technology, right? Unless you're talking about a specific technology.
And guys, we got 458 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And somebody commented, when XRP moves, it will rocket. And Mario, I absolutely agree. And this is why it's important to have an exit plan. Because when these prices go up, and Johnny taught me this from day one, when these prices go up, the number one thing you're going to want to do is chase a higher price target. I had to learn that the hard way during the last bull run. But that's a mistake I will not be making this time. If XRP breaks $1.90, be ready, guys. We will go parabolic. And this is the evidence right here before I kick it to Mario. Back in July of 2020, before there was any rumors of the SEC suing Ripple, this token was trading at about $0.17. Cents. We quickly went up to $0.25 cents in August. And by November, we had reached a $0.70 cent XRP. Here's what really happened. XRP was then, or sorry, Ripple was then sued by the SEC and XRP collapsed to this exact price level. And I drew this line on purpose. It touched this exact price target of 17.6 cents. And we have never retested those levels again. And I'm going to say it right here. I don't think we'll ever come close to those levels unless we see some ridiculous black swan event globally. As you can tell after that 17 cent mark, Mario, over the next 90 days, XRP went from 17 cents to a dollar and 90 cents in the midst of an SEC lawsuit. So this time around, we're starting at a higher price target. We've got bullish momentum behind us because we didn't get to break all-time highs last bull market. We also don't have a lawsuit anymore. That's why I believe when this thing takes off, it is going to go parabolic and it's going to happen quickly. What do you think about the analysis? Oh, mute button. Okay, I think you're spot on, Abs. Um, I really feel that that's the case as well. I really feel like... So I remember in 2017 when I first discovered xrp and when i first got some xrp and i experienced i experienced that explosion that xrp did all the way up to the all-time high and that's what xrp was has been known for xrp has been known for this asset that just explodes and goes crazy in in price so that's what people are expecting we didn't do it the last bull run and we can blame the sec and the lawsuit and all all these factors that we had the last three years but now going into another bullish market we have no excuses. And as investors, and uh, that's what we want. We want to see price appreciation. We want to take profits. And so it would be really uh, disappointing for me personally if that didn't happen to XRP. That's what I'm personally expecting. I really think that now that we have this regulatory clarity and now that we continue to see this, uh, all, this all the partnerships that are, that are coming from Ripple, I really think that the price will eventually reflect the the conditions that xrp uh has in 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 the space and i love that take mario because at the end of the day it's all going to be okay guys we've got partnerships we've got connections globally but most importantly the sec lawsuit's over we don't have to worry about like many of these other projects cardano's being accused solana's being accused ethereum will have its day we've been through the ringer we went through the battle guys and now we don't have to worry about that this next bull market if there's any positive from the SEC lawsuit, it's that, Johnny Crypto. We got over 470 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is what we were discussing earlier in the episode. As Ripple revealed their list of partners, it is 500 partners and growing. But here's what really caught our, our attention over here. We've got Navanti, Tranglo, SABB, which is one of the largest partners in the Middle East. But we've got Bank of America taking center stage in the top column. And this is as of October of 2023. What does that tell me, Johnny? These guys were dead silent, quieter than a mouse during the SEC lawsuit, yet they were continuing to at least communicate with Ripple behind the scenes or else they wouldn't be an associated partner. Everybody terminated their relationships. MoneyGram, Coinbase, all these exchanges and different outlets. Well, Bank of America hung around through that whole process, and that leads me to believe they either understood that the lawsuit was BS 
and they want it to remain quiet, let it play out, and then, you know, launch their products when everything's better. Or they're working with the people who regulated these assets. And they're just deciding, listen, we're going to side with the winners. It's a new day and age. What do you think, Johnny? What's what's your take here? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you have a lot of relationships there. You have a lot of seeds planted. Some of those seeds are going to grow and take off. And we're going to have to wait and see which ones of them they are, how significant it is. Bank of America is huge if something happens there because of how big they are and their outreach, you know, where they can impact. So let's wait and see what happens there. But kudos to Ripple, the company, for going and, and, and continuing to push the technology and solutions out there. Now we need to see which solutions um, get out there. And yes, the lawsuit's not completely over yet. That is true. I think for the most part, though, the fact that they won the case and then the appeal got shot down abs gives a lot of a lot of credence to the fact that if you're Ripple and you're trying to have the conversation, you've got a strong argument when you're going and sitting down with companies to say, hey, man, this thing's over. We have the clarity we need. The appeal got denied. And like that probably shuts down most. Can of I address company. something before I kick it back to you and Mario? We're getting a question right here, or at least a comment. And it says, this is Rob, Rob Scob, however you pronounce that. Isn't it obvious by now Ripple is not using XRP? I love these comments, guys, because I think there's a lot of people who are thinking this in the community. They are using XRP. And we provided a little bit of evidence of that earlier in the episode, Johnny, as the presentation they gave in October, describing how banks will leverage XRP and Ripple payments. XRP is not only clearly in the illustration, it was in all of the transactions that they fake ran during the presentation. When they were showing how money's transferred, XRP was center stage for every single asset page. I think that really does speak for itself. Now, are they going to come out and say we're only using XRP? No, because that's not necessary. Not only is it not necessary, it's not even true. They will leverage some other assets if that's what clients desire, but XRP is the best product and that's why it's being used here. What do you say, Johnny? And we'll kick it to Mario. Yeah, I think where, where that statement is coming from, from Rob or whoever made the statement is, there is some truth to the fact that you don't have to use the XRP token on the ODL, right? And that's where that's coming. I'm guessing that's where it's coming from. And there's truth to that. And I've been saying that for a long time on this show is, you know, hey, A, you need people to adopt the ODL. And then secondly, if they adopt it, you need them to actually decide to choose the XRP token as the the, the remittance coin um, on that chain. So there's a lot of things that have to happen. There's no question about it. Now, if you're Ripple, remember when they're going in and they're pitching this, they're not going to go in and say, oh, hey, use somebody else's token. No, they're going to give an example showing how XRP solves the problem. And so most people that see the pitch, the, the people who their companies they're working with to adopt are going to hear and hear about how XRP can be used on the ODL to solve the problem. And, and that's what I think is going to happen, as you saw right here and rightfully called out in this claim. So now, whether people are using it or not, that's the whole thing that we're waiting to see. How much adoption will come in the future to drive the price up? But what, what I think maybe Rob and everybody else may be missing here is you're talking then about utility, a utility run, okay? Now, I wish I had the chart abs, but... We are talking when you're in a market, an investing market, and whatever you want to call it, investment space, clown space, I don't care what you call it, right? But whatever you want to call it, there's two phases to it. There's a speculative phase part, and then there's a utility run part. And if you go back and look at what happened in the internet in the 19, early 90s, 
you had the speculative part of it. The utility phase didn't come until almost 20 years later. And that's where you got the real one, okay? We are still very, not that chart. We are still very much in the speculative phase of the of this space. So you can make the argument and you can say, oh, well, they're not using XRP. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They don't need to right now. None of this stuff needs to get used because we are not in a utility space yet, Abs. We are in speculative. Whether you like it or not, guys, I'm sorry. We're in a speculative state of this market. We're moving into utility, but it's going to take 10 to 20 years, 14 years by definition, not set by me. You heard Mark Jusko say it himself. That's just what it takes on, on average. But we're in the very beginning. So it doesn't matter, Abs, right now. To me, not that worried that, oh, they're not using it anywhere. It doesn't matter. You don't need it to be used for speculation. And let me be clear, because you're painting a picture as if there's no evidence of them using it. Guys, they're using No, 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 I'm not painting that picture. Rob painted that picture. I'm, oh, I'm, gotcha. telling you, I'm telling you whether or not they're using it or not, it doesn't matter. In the next run that's coming, because it's still a speculative space, it's going to pump anyway. It's going to go up. And you better have our exit plan, because I don't know if it's going to be sustainable. And you're right, Abs. There are use cases. Rob is not 100% right. There are cases where people are using it. I think what he's trying to say, Abs, is it's not being used enough to affect the price yet. And that is going to be, and what I'm trying to say in simple words is this, yeah, Rob says they're still not using it yet. Maybe not to the degree that the utility, that there's enough utility to drive the price up. That's going to take a long time. That's what I'm trying to say. Spot on, Johnny Crypto. And that's why you're the best in the biz, my friend. We got 451 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. There's a lot of exciting info we got to close out in these next 12 minutes. I think the place to start is with the partnership video. We've talked a lot about this throughout today's episode. We've got big partners, Bank of America, Novanti, uh, Tranglo, as well as 500 plus other companies and members currently globally. Here's a presentation about this topic. Here we go. See a lot of names here for the types of organizations that Ripple has partnered with so far that are uh, are regulated financial institutions. I've explained how you know, how we started to grow, and uh, I'll call out a few in um, relevant to our region: Hey Ha Money Transfer, our remittance business in Australia, and um, they can reach all over the world through regulated payout partners like. Uh, MFS Africa, who cover the whole continent and pay out locally in local currency. We have um, banks that we work with, like uh, like Travelex Bank in Brazil and uh, and Indusind in India. So again, the whole spectrum of uh, of money movers are connected to the Ripple Network. Johnny's freaking awesome today. That is freaking, I like how she said that, the money movers, so important. The people that move money, these guys aren't stupid. Ripple gets it. They know who they need to work with, Abs. This is why I like them as a company, and I like taking a chance and investing on them, their technology, because I they, they understand what it takes to, to get their technology out there. And I need to clarify this. So I think people get lost. You know, we say a lot of things over the years. So, you know, is this comments, this guy, make sure you Johnny, give me some time. I want to cover two more articles. Okay. Yeah. Just, just real quick. So, so Johnny says, you always feel like Johnny said that you feel like in 2025 use cases will come in. What I said was in 2025, I always said, I thought that would be the start. And I've always been very, very clear 
that it takes 5, 10 to 15 years for that utility to actually come to fruition. So I'll just repeat that again. And nobody likes it. Everybody dis you know, it's like, oh my God, I gotta wait 15 years. But the reality is that's what I've been saying, and I will continue to say that I think and I actually think utility has already started in some of these cases. Um, but I and I feel that we'll get even more utilities starting in 2025 and beyond. But I'm not saying the world's gonna be fully utilized in 2025. No freaking way. I've never said that, never will. Everybody who watches this show knows better that to me, I think it's five, 10, 15 years away, somewhere like that before we really see. So 2030 and beyond, before you really, really get to that, that's when you're going to start getting into the exciting times app where you're talking full-blown utility, utility curves coming in, things like we've seen with the, um, um, you know, with the internet and things like that. But Mario, I don't know if you have any comments there. I do. I, I agree with you. I definitely think that the utility phase is still a little bit away. I think we're still heavily in speculation, but I yeah. think that the utility can start kicking in pretty soon. And actually, most of the crypto projects still like the, the top crypto projects, they're not even close to being in utility mode. It's mostly just speculation. I, I, I Mario, you hit the mute button there, guys. We got 447 oh, live wow. listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to give a shout out to Mario and Johnny. You're the best guys for covering me there. We're going to go through Chris Larson, Susan Anthony, and Ken Kirsten, Ripple board members and their deep connections to United States government members, guys. And I just want to be clear. This is public information. We're going to be going through this article. It is extremely long. We're going to be going through this thing all throughout the week. Join us on Thursday. Join us on Friday. And I want to remind people this Friday, Gary Cardone is going to be joining the show. So we're going to talk to him about XRP. I don't know if he's too informed on the project, but we're going to definitely talk about it. Johnny and Mario, this is what we're going to cover to end this bad boy as Chris Larson is the executive chairman and one of the co-founders of OpenCoin, which was originally Ripple. Being a member of the high fintech high level advisory group at the IMF and HSBC's technology advisory board, he's making sure that Ripple's interests are taken into consideration by global governments and organizations. Susan Anthony, who's a senior economist, senior economic consultant to Microsoft and is a Ripple board member. So we've got a connection to Microsoft and Ripple as well. Well, mm -hmm. she's responsible for the partnership between Ripple and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. This partnership aims at banking the unbanked in developed countries where nearly 2 billion people neither have a bank account nor use financial services. We've got massive connections here, Johnny Crypto, and I just thought I'd, I'd throw that out there to end the episode. Mario, what does this do for your opinion, not only about Ripple, but about XRP as well? Well, I mean, those names actually don't uh, inspire me a lot of happiness, but, you know, <laughs> it's, I think at some point, I think at some point, you know, if, like I said earlier, if Ripple's really going to become this powerhouse to replace a lot of these systems, unfortunately, they will have to get in bed with some of these names so yeah those names don't don't give me a lot of a lot of happiness but it's it's good to be aware of of, of who they're involved with definitely johnny crypto yeah. give me your opinion as well because what really caught my attention there was david schwartz not only previously worked at the nsa he worked at cnn i did not know that but it, anybody who's done their research knows they're one in the same. No, I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm going to give you the floor. You tell me what stuck out to you on that list. Well, listen, they may not inspire you, but they should certainly excite you. Because when when those guys are working with, with those companies or those entities, those entities have a lot of say of what happens in the world today. So for me, 
may not inspire, you know, uh, Mario, but but I hopefully certainly hope it excites them. And it excites me because I think you want it, you want those companies that you're investing in have those kind of connections and relationships. Because like I said, I don't want to grab it again up here, but it's not what you know. It's who you know 90% of the time. And that's why those relationships are so important. Spot on, Johnny Crypto. And I want to give you 30 to 60 seconds here. We had Charlie Munger pass away yesterday. And I just wanted to say something positive about the man. Not only was he massively influential, people talk about Warren Buffett, guys. Charlie Munger is massively responsible for a lot of Warren's success. Yes, and both is. of them are two of the most influential people in America. They may be four times my age, but right now they know more about what's going on than I do. And I just want to say, I hope he rests in peace and share some positive vibes before the end of the show. I got one more topic, but kick it to you, Johnny, for some words. Yeah, I think as people don't realize Charlie Munger was really the right-hand man of Warren Buffett. And when you look at Buffett's style and techniques and, and, you know, Charlie was all about finding and holding. He always believed you want to buy good companies that are at low value, that are beaten up, that are, that nobody wants. So you want to puke when you buy them. That was Charlie's thing. Charlie said, these are good companies, low value. Let's buy them and hold them. And boy, did that strategy work fantastically for Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. And Charlie was really you know, a, a, a strong influence of that behind that strategy and making that happen. And boy, it paid off big for Berkshire Hathaway, for him, the company and all their shareholders, because it turned out to be, you know, they're one of the biggest, largest companies in the world because of it. So shout out to, to Charlie and, you know, and rest in peace, like you said, and to his family, surviving family, you know, our sympathy goes out and condolences go out to them. Um, it's tough whenever you lose somebody, but man, Let's hope we can all live to 99. That would be fantastic, Abs. Uh, definitely, Johnny Crypto. That would be a success in my book. And we got 410 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Check out this video. So really saw the potential of what a digital pound can bring to the UK and, and what it can do for businesses and consumers. Um, and working on it since then, uh, the time is right to, to be able to um, bring that into fruition for 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 the UK and, and other jurisdictions, um, and what it really means for consumers and businesses, commercial banks and and institutions, is really the ability to have programmable money, and and that really allows uh, smart money to operate and take away a lot of the pain points that we have in a binary system, because uh, money is quite binary, um, and it needs to evolve to keep up with. Um, the, the digital lives that we all have today and, and the digital world we live in. Floor is yours, Mario. Yep. Programmable. Really money. That's the bad word right there. But uh, hopefully, hopefully it's not that programmable to the point of where we lose, um, you know, most of the freedom that we have today. We know that that's probably going to be the case coming, coming up, but uh, yeah, let's wait and see. That doesn't get me too excited either. <laughs> Sorry. This I can give my opinion as well. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a positive episode, right? Because at least our listeners were aware. We have no impact on what's taking place. We're not going to change the global dynamic here. But what we can do is we can show you hopefully what's going to take place. People can set their families up for success. And what Gilbert Verdian is talking about here, the CEO of Quant Networks, is how money's going through an evolution process and companies that he's associated with are leading the charge. Guys, we got 411 live listeners joining us. Show us some love smash that like button and get ready for an exciting episode on Friday. But we're going to close this episode out by saying thank you to each one of our guests today. Thank you to Mario. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And shout out to the live chat as well. We got 410 live listeners joining us. First of all, have a great day. And we love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Like we always say, Warriors, 
Ah, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go.